I guess. Oops. Oh, I guess I'm recording, I guess. <laughs> I meant did you guys know that Deseret Book sells Kings and Queens? Uh-uh, I did not know that. I, at the BYU library when I was down at Education Week, they have all of Offer Home stuff or whatever. And I was like, huh, interesting. So I thought that it had all been pulled. At, at uh, the Deseret Book in Ogden, they used to sell many of them, but then they pared down and there's, actually I've been lately, but there was it went mostly to online stuff. So why, why did, why would they have pulled everything, Cameron? Well, just after like with the last days, his, his first book and then excommunication and all that kind of stuff, then they pulled all of his stuff. But, um, yeah, but that was a long time ago. Wasn't that in the nineties? Uh -huh, yeah. But they just never did bring them back. It, it didn't seem like, but I don't know. But, you know, I don't really know a whole lot. I'm pretty new to all of it, too. So I guess I there's repentance, but not forgiveness, huh? This <laughs> <laughs> book had them a, a few years ago. Oh, they did? Okay. So I'm just blowing smoke then. So there's, I thought that was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really you had a Deseret book. You don't have one. <laughs> yeah. Darn it. <clears throat> well, let's see. we'll see people rolling in at nine o'clock, probably. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> Darn it. Oh, we're afraid. starting a half hour early because I am so tired usually. And here I am yawning. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you're already yawning. I haven't got my second wind yet. My husband and I, he gets up so early for work. We've started going to bed at 830. So it's like, oh, an hour past my bedtime now. <laughs> I feel like the old the old lady. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Chelsea, would you mind giving us an opening prayer? Are you in a place where you can? Yes, that's fine. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful as we join together as a group this night to be in one another's company. We're so grateful to be able to study President Nelson's talks and grateful for the lessons that we can learn from him. Please bless that we'll feel the spirit as we join together this night and we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, so we are in chapter 23. We can do better and be better. Wasn't this such a fun talk to, to review and, and re-listen to? Like, man <laughs> i i remember internalizing it back then but i i just haven't picked it up as much as i should have since there are some great things in here and um admonitions and warnings and uh, preparations etc anyway what did you guys see as you were uh going through this for the second time well i mean second time uh for this time <laughs> as we're kind of reviewing it uh what stood out to you uh this go around this is the talk where President Nelson said, say nothing but repentance unto this generation and called us all out to repentance, right? And I couldn't remember which talk it was, so I was happy to, to find that. But it, I remember hearing that and thinking, oh my gosh, that's what prophets always do first, mm -hmm. just before, I don't know, the hammer falls. <laughs> oh, it, it, it did pretty good, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I love what he prefaces that with there in verse two. Recently, I have found myself drawn to the Lord's instruction given to the prophet Joseph Smith. So thinking back on the previous two conferences, 
um, that that we've been studying, right? He gives a, a priesthood ad admonition about, you know, accessing the powers of heaven, uh, pulling down uh, those powers and giving true blessings. And then with the sisters, uh, last conference there, and all that was contained in there. And then here, it's like, huh, well, recently I've been drawn to, to this instruction about repentance. So let's, <laughs> let's bring it down again a little bit uh, <laughs> harder, I guess you could say. But uh, anyway, it was just such an interesting uh, talk that way. Uh, so timely, and I love how it fits into the timeline. Sometimes that's what kind of gets convoluted to me. Uh, in retrospect, it just all kind of lumps together, but uh, I loved uh, putting this back and uh, seeing what came before it, what came after it kind of a thing. And I love how President Nelson, he calls you to repentance and then he just loves on you mm -hmm. after that and gives you amazing blessings. Yeah, exactly. I really liked um, verse six. Nothing is more liberating, more ennobling, or more crucial to our individual progression than is regular daily focus on repentance. Repentance is not an event, it's a process. And I love that because I think, you know, a few verses before he's talking about how everybody thinks it's a punishment and, or a lot of people do. And I just, I love, just love, love, love that. When coupled with faith, repentance opens our access to the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. thought it was really good can i come in behind that mm. it's not with the hammer but <laughs> it kind of is <laughs> yeah it kind of is <laughs> in the most loving of ways i think he doesn't want us to stop short of full and complete repentance so i i um printed out the in here he refers it refers to let's see letter e where i don't know where letter e goes uh, i think um which goes with number four um i kept noticing through has anybody read the repentance and conversion one mm -hmm. i have not i didn't okay. this time around but i fairly recently super recommend it because it it talks in there repeatedly about um to have a total change to um full to to repent fully and to let all thy thoughts all these things all these words that are um complete conversion another complete conversion um another all on godliness so the because I think we can tend to try to let ourselves off the hook of not having that complete conversion. And, um, you know, in, in Alma 5, it doesn't, he doesn't want us to let ourselves off the hook, but to go all the way and to really be able to reap the, all the blessings that the Lord intends for us to have and to enjoy and get the full power so that we can be able to fully do his work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, love I also think how many of us think we've been fully converted and then we're like, oh, wait, I haven't been fully converted. I'm not even close. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. how many of us felt that way? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's interesting. 
Yeah, and so I, it's always interesting coming back to that that principle of the daily repentance and uh, like he says here, a daily focus on repentance, you know, how much of our prayers are focused on that. And, um, you know, not like, um, what is it, the, the punitive aspect of it, you know, it, it's not just about punishment, but just changing, becoming and turning back to the Savior, having our eyes single to his glory and a daily focus on that. Anyway, it's just, it's awesome. Uh, and the promise there, when coupled with faith, repentance opens our access to the power of the atonement. Um, how, how poignant and timely that is uh, from, from then clear, clear up until now. I mean, that's so crucial that we, we access that on a regular basis. If not, we're just kind of shutting ourselves off from the privileges that can be ours, right? Does anybody have any suggestions on like, like, what does this actually look like? Any, I'd love to hear any thoughts because, you know, I've come from being very checklisty to being awake and whatnot. So I don't know anybody, I'd, I'd love to hear people's thoughts on, on what that actually looks like, how you truly convert and how you, yeah, like any, any suggestions or thoughts from anyone would be great. Yeah, so this was like the example from my mission or whatever, but I, I end up trying to do a, a modified version of it all the time. But um, our mission president had us uh, wear a toothbrush in our pocket along with our name tag. And so every time that somebody asked us about the toothbrush, we had to publicly repent of something. Um, that we had to, to clean our teeth <laughs> and, and get it out of our mouth kind of a thing. And so every time you had to uh, do like a, a self-check of like, well, what have I, rep uh, what have I sinned or, or what do I need to change since the last time somebody asked me about it kind of a thing. And so um, it, it, it started becoming this habit that, um, you know, throughout those, those days that we had to do it versus after that, that um, just constantly thinking, what have I done since the last time and what needs to, to change? And I think it was Ross Ann uh, a few weeks back that um, was kind of talking about that principle of setting an alarm on the phone and uh, then thinking uh, when that went off, like, okay, what do I have to repent of since the last time it went off? And so uh, the habit mode, I guess, is kind of the training wheels to becoming and, and growing up in that principle. Um, but, but that's really worked for me because sometimes I just get out of the habit versus having a regular check-in where I have to repent and um, you start getting so used to having the spirit that you can feel when it withdraws. And then that's your check-in. That's your alarm that, that keeps popping up kind of a thing. I don't know. That's what's worked for me, but <laughs> am I perfect at it? No, I, <laughs> I need to always be going back to those habits, get my training wheels back on and then kind of, kind of work from there. I love that. Thank you. So verse four keeps calling my attention. Like how many times has this <laughs> come up recently? Like in our coordinations chat, uh, different things here and stuff like does President Nelson really uh, tell us to change the way we breathe if we want to repent? 
And like, what does that look like? What does it mean? What, what are we looking at here when we're taking the, the suffix of noeo in the Greek, meaning mind, knowledge, spirit, and breath? Uh, verse 5, thus when Jesus asks you and me to repent, he is inviting us to change our mind, our knowledge, our spirit, even the way we breathe. So what insights do you guys have on this? And like, what does that look like? What does that mean for us to, to change those, those four different things in our repentance process? I had no idea, but then as you were saying that, I had a little phrase come to mind, and that is the breath of life. Yeah. Very interesting, isn't it? Reading the breath of life, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting that that thing that was floating around on, on Facebook a little while back, um, where uh, the the Yahweh is is actually our breath in and our breath out, right? The the Yah is is the inward breath and the way being the outward expulsion of breath, but like even the way we breathe should reflect God and uh, our daily breath and um, uh, the breath of life, like you're talking about. I think that there's so much that sometimes we just kind of I don't know, are used to it, you know, because it's such just a impulse action in our body to keep us alive if we don't have to think about it. But I think we do need to think about it. We need to change the way that we breathe so that we are focusing on, on Christ. And how many times do you realize you're not breathing? <laughs> right? yeah, it's always that inopportune times and I start choking on my own air. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll just be breathing and it's like, you just kind of hold your breath and it's like, ah, I got to be breathing a little bit more, you know? And I guess as babies, we breathe really deeply, but the older we get, the more shallow we breathe. And so maybe we need to change the way we breathe. Yeah. That breath of life, like a child. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting. Uh, we were talking in our in-person class here, but uh, something that popped in my mind was like, okay, the the breath that we take in, it's an actual meta within our own bodies, right? We take in oxygen, and then it changes and and becomes the carbon dioxide that we we expulse out, right? But it needs a partner. We need something else that does the reverse in order to to have this symbiotic relationship, right? And and so the, the plants and the trees and things, and then, you know, like looking at the tree of life symbolically, right? How, how our, our very breath connects us in with, with that very tree and the uh, symbiotic relationship there. I don't know. I, that's still kind of like a rabbit hole. I need to like dive down, but I, I found that very interesting how breath is a a meta it's a change that, that happens with our in our own bodies and what other things you know our mind knowledge and spirit are they also um these meta principles where we take it in and then we we change it internally and then reflect that back out in in different ways uh, much like our breath it's interesting that what do we say in with the good air out with the bad mm -hmm. and so and and here with repentance it's like in with the good and out with the bad Kind of the same thing yeah very much so isn't that so cool i really liked verse eight i circled the word choose mm. five times i love that like that emphasis on uh our agency we choose to repent we choose to change we choose to grow spiritually and receive joy 
we choose to repent, we choose to become more like Jesus Christ. I love that. I didn't even catch the five there. I'm usually pretty good with numbers, but nope, <laughs> that one slipped by me. What does five mean? Well, a myriad of different things, but um, five is is definitely a, a reference to Christ in in most aspects of, of the term. You know, the the five wounds of of His crucifixion. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I didn't catch that it was five. It was just like, wow, five times. That's a lot in one one sentence. Yeah. And like in verse nine, we have the adversary quadrupling. So we have the four. And then what we just talked about, the, the suffix for noeo has four different things. But here there's this five kind of sandwiched in between. Um, makes me kind of think, oh, obviously there, there must be a chiasm here, here that I hadn't um, considered before or whatever. But yeah, thanks for pointing that out. That five in there, I think is, is definitely worthy of study. But anyway, what it, let's look at choose to repent, choose to change, choose to grow spiritually, choose to repent again, and choose to become more like Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So much more in our powers than we sometimes think, right? Yeah, exactly. Like we, we have that agency to choose. And I, I love that. Yes, and just kind of like referencing back to, to what uh, was said earlier, that this repentance is not an event, it's a process, and it's what opens our access to the powers of heaven. But that, that opening, that access to the powers of heaven, in verse 8, it's all about choice, right? It's those, those five different choosings that actually can open our access to the power of the atonement versus what the world wants to, to shove down our throats is that no god has to come to you but this is um accessing uh, in a very proactive approach the the powers of heaven by our choices choosing to repent choosing to change because the natural man's an enemy so we have to change that in order to be able to uh, draw upon those uh, the power of of the atonement of christ I love that he says choose to grow choose to grow spiritually and receive joy because there just seems to not be so much joy in the world and yet he's giving us a formula right here. Mhm. Mm yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Leslie. Yeah. So, how about if I modify what I said before about the hammer? <laughs> um cuz I I sometimes I don't have the words that I want to have. Um, I think it's uh, the motivation for us to choose if we're desiring to um, not withhold anything from them, even though we are um, still in the process of, of um, being fully converted and, and and total conversion and all that, that if we're desiring it, I think that's the, um, I think that's what's significant and makes all the difference um, instead of whether we actually have or not. So, mm -hmm. yeah. and, I, and I may modify that again. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody wants to jump in and modify that? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah how just like all the little insights they they just they morph and change and and, and grow with us as we're we're learning a little bit so to take that off a little bit, um, I don't know how many of you guys have watched uh, Todd's uh, Sisters of Liberty. I think most of you have, but he talks about, you know, having the key. So do you think that desire, we've got the key already, is the desire what actually unlocks that for us, do you think? Or I don't know. Mm -hmm. He yeah. talks about that in here. He, in number 10, repentance is the key. There to we avoiding go. misery inflicting by the traps of the adversary. The Lord does not expect perfection from us at this point in our eternal pro progression. I don't know. He talked about that key. And I'm I just I circled that. that and just thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. We don't have to say repentance is the key to avoiding misery inflicted by the traps of the adversary. We can just say repentance is the key, right? Yeah. I mean, it is to avoid misery inflicted by the traps of the adversary. I'm not going to argue with the prophet. <laughs> I'm just saying, if repentance is truly turning towards the Lord, we can avoid misery inflicted by the traps of the adversary, but we still aren't going to find joy mm -hmm. if we haven't turned to the Lord, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just saying. But yeah, how he doesn't expect perfection at this point in our progression, but he does expect us to become increasingly pure. Yep. That that purity, the daily repentance of it, all of that are the powerful tools in the hands of, uh, sorry, I, I shouldn't be uh, paraphrasing, but personal purity can make us powerful tools in the hands of God versus the, the previous verse where he talks about the adversary quadrupling and he is arming his minions with potent weapons to keep us from partaking of that joy. And so repentance is the key to the, the counterattack, right? That if we have powerful potent weapons over here that keep us from joy, repentance will help arm us and help us to become that that purity that can uh, bring the powerful tools to to combat that right i i love that that tools is contrasted with with weapons and um kind of the the equal but opposite principles there uh tools actually get things done versus weapons that only degrade or demean or uh, destroy um i almost felt like that was telling us how to like put on the armor of god Mm -hmm. yeah repentance is that key right yeah and how many times have we looked at the armor of god and been like oh well you have to repent to put on all those things right. you know <laughs> that, that usually doesn't come into the equation in, in my normal way of thinking but like but now it does <laughs> you have to repent put on each piece so what what does um quadruple stand for because i remember reading that going well that's oddly specific to say that he's quadrupling so yeah what what does that stand for mm -hmm. yeah it's very interesting because like usually we just say you know you double down or you know in a rare circumstance you triple something but quadruple what the um it, it really kind of tied my brain back to the the other list of four there in verse four uh, the mind knowledge spirit and breath and like why is President Nelson telling us this? Like, 
because we were talking in our in-person group here too about, well, we know that Satan's not only quadrupling, I mean, he's probably exponentially growing his uh, task force and, and weapons and everything. So why the use of this quadruple symbolic number here kind of a thing? It's very interesting uh, because he's, he's definitely like not mincing any words, telling us that the adversary is, is coming at us with weapons. And there are many of us that, you know, just kind of ignore Satan's tactics. You know, as long as you're not dealing in the occult, you're fine. You know, just let Satan do his thing kind of thing. But no, we have to, we have to do this strategic counterattack. We have to be able to defend ourselves and, uh, and everything. But yeah, <laughs> I'm just kind of circling around your question there. But the, the quadrupling, uh, I think, is, is very powerful in the, the four different ways that uh, Satan attacks us and tying it back to mind, knowledge, spirit, and breath, that he's attacking us in those four specific areas. But I don't know. That's just my opinion. I haven't really um, got that into good coherent words yet. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so I'm looking it up in the one that I'm at. In geometry, so this is a PDF about geometria. Uh, a four-sided square represents the earth while a circle represents heaven, eternity in the realm of the spirit. So think about that. Like Satan's quadrupling, so four, mm -hmm. but he's bound to earth, not heaven, is what I'm thinking. Um, let's see. It's also, it's the number of the earth or the material creation of God. Let's see. So it means the earth. Um, so after, let's see. The fourth book of the Bible is the book of numbers whose Hebrew title is B, B Midbar, the wilderness, the wilderness symbolically represents the earth on the day of atonement, the second goat, Christ was led into the wilderness by a fit man to remove sin from all the people. Thus, after his baptism on the day of atonement, Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. So I don't know. Yeah. And four kind of comes up there, you know, with like the 40 days of fasting and, mm -hmm. and things interesting how that quadrupling or or the multiplying uh doubled kind of thing yeah huh. but yeah leslie um i think i want to do a a um study these four words um in the the talk i read to you about um repentance and conversion he talks about those four things and he said a, a prophet explained that such a change let's wait hold on he asked us to change to change our mind knowledge spirit and even our breath a prophet explained that such a change in one's breath is to breathe with grateful acknowledgement of him who grants us each breath and i'm thinking of our sin of ingratitude and how grave that is and so i'm wondering if um breath is related to gratitude and ingratitude both. Oh, that's very interesting, yeah. 
I mean, especially with his later talks, right? With with the healing power of gratitude and, and things. I like that. Um, I think you, I, did you read all of this in verse 10? I loved where it said, um, you know, because we've been talking a lot about priesthood power, uh, President Nelson's been telling us we need priesthood power. We've ordained so many people, but they don't have the priesthood power. Um, and so he says um, that purity brings power there in verse 10. Yeah. I thought that was like, that is also kind of like a, a key for us or a hint for us, like on how to gain that power. Mm-hmm. And our repentance or our purity, see, he requires, he equates at the end there, our repentance, our purity, it's the same, will empower us to help in the gathering of Israel. I thought that was interesting here, even here, not a talk about gathering of Israel. He still brings it in. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I mean, cause we can like go through the motions, right? I mean, we can get all of the ordinances and everything, but if we don't have the purity, we'll never have the empowerment that the, the heavens can can breathe through that channel. Okay, can we just talk about repentance for a little bit since we already are? <laughs> I want to talk about this more because this has recently come up. Um, I think I even brought it up that like that, like when do we know that we've repented? Do Did we talk about this before? I don't remember it. Okay. So maybe I haven't. So, you know, we're taught that if we repent and we do it again, then it's as if we never repented. So do we not repent until we're done doing it again? Or do you see what I'm saying? Like, how do we know? Yeah. Like what, I mean, you know, like, you'll be driving and you think a bad thought about someone and then you're like, Oh, I have to repent. That was horrible. And you say, I'm sorry, heavenly father or whatever, help me not. to." And then tomorrow I'm driving and I get mad at someone and, you know, I would drive and I just go, and my kids would say, get out of the way, you idiot. (laughs) I'm like, did I just say that? You know, how did they know what I was thinking? So I'm just saying, do we always just repent of the same things and we try to be better, but sometimes, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I like, uh, you know, Brad Wilcox and his analogy of learning to play the piano, right? Right. It's, it's not that we're wicked and evil. We make mistakes and we're never going to get it right. He expects us to make mistakes and he expects us to keep trying, trying until we get the piece perfect. We'll get the piece perfect when, when we're finally perfected and changed and made celestial. So and you're isn't, not- isn't that what isn't that what President Nelson, I guess, said is he doesn't expect us to be perfect. Or was that? We just keep trying. We make a mistake yeah. back. We play the piece again until we get that part right. And we move on to the next hard piece and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting back when I was uh I can't even remember. It was Aaronic priesthood or whatever, but I kept going to the bishop over the same sin over and over again, right? And um, one time I, I went in and I was like, okay, so how long do I not take the sacrament now? 
And he, he was like, I don't know. You tell me. And I was like, what are you supposed to be talking about? Like, you're the bishop. Just tell me. Like, what? Three months? What? <laughs> and he was like, you've got the wrong attitude. Like, obviously, you haven't repented if that's all you're counting. Like, how? And, and then he started really working with me on, like, so you'll know when the repentance is completed. And I was like, well, how do I know until you tell me what, how long I have to not take the sacrament? Like I was- Give me a checklist. Give me a checklist, Bishop. <laughs> or whatever, right? And then um, that really, the whole experience just like really opened up my my frame of, of thinking of, uh, I don't know. I mean, it just laid the groundwork for the rest of my life, but knowing like, you'll just know, like, the, that's one of the gifts of the spirit. You'll know when repentance is affecting a change versus if you're just checklisting it, you're always going to return to the the vomit, right? Like, it's just going to always be happening and things until um, there is that actual meta, that actual shift and change that, that can happen. Uh, another uh, bishop kind of referenced it as uh, are you premeditating this like over and over again, or are you actually changing and feeling remorse, even though you might be an addict or, or whatever, but like if you do have the gifts of repentance, the fruits of repentance, then you can start seeing that that change uh, bubbling up from from within kind of a thing and and hearing the spirit testify uh, through the, the whole process. I, it was just such a interesting uh transition for me when i when i was younger of like old law versus new law higher law kind of a thing and and knowing when repentance actually took effect um within and and how that applies on big things versus small things etc so, uh, so say you know just we all like sugar i mean we could say alcohol for the alcoholic whatever i'm i'm gonna stop eating sugar do you repent and no, I'm going to fall and do it again tomorrow. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to quit eating sugar, but I'm going to repent for it today. But I know tomorrow it's my husband's birthday. I'm going to eat cake with him tomorrow. So I'm <laughs> going to, do you see what I'm saying? Like, do you just, don't you, don't you think a big part of it is the fact that you've acknowledged that it's something wrong that you should not have done? Because how many times do we not acknowledge that? I think that's a, a learning point of it also to acknowledge that we have. Mm -hmm. And yet sometimes that drive, especially in an addict, is so strong, you know it's going to happen again. Mm -hmm. It's inevitable. Yeah. yeah. And so. But they're still trying. At right. least they're so trying. So do you repent then or do you wait until the next time when you know you're, you know what I'm saying? You know what? If in doubt, repent. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I've been having this discussion with someone else and I'm, I'm, I, these were the questions asked me, right? Cause I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was, and then, and I said, I think you should repent every time. And it was like, but I know I'm going to do it again. So what's the point? Because then it's like, I never repented. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, <laughs> I'm just bringing up all my garbage, right? So, like, um, the the one time another bishop was was telling me, he's like, because I, at that point it was later on in, in my life or whatever, and um, I was just self-prescribing the 
the sacrament, right? Like I was just, no, I'm, I'm not going to partake of it. I don't feel worthy or whatever. And he's like, Kara, what the heck are you doing? And he's like, if you're not premeditating it for this next week to, to sin again, like obviously go ahead and take the sacrament because it's actually going to help you overcome that process this next week kind of a thing versus um, yeah, like if you are premeditating, then yeah, don't take the sacrament because like you're, you're causing undue stress upon yourself kind of thing. And so that wasn't like we're, we know that we're going to fall because we're natural men, but if we don't keep repenting, we can't remove those, those stones in our backpack. Right. And we're just going to get weighed down all the time. And so um, <laughs> like uh, Jimmy said back here, like, can you repent too many times? <laughs> you just keep on doing it and get good at it. Right. <laughs> and get faster and faster and uh, get that, that natural man uh, tendency out of the way. So maybe but, in a way it's like, you're taking out these stones, but, as you repent and you're going to put a smaller stone back in because of the repentance, even though it's mm -hmm. changing you a little bit, right? Even yeah. though you did it again, you've been changed a little bit. So the stones are getting smaller and smaller. Is that kind of what you're saying? Verse six, repentance, repentance is not an event. Yeah. It it's a process. process. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're treating it as an event and it's a process. Yeah, well, like I said, these are questions that have been asked of me and I was like, ah, I don't know, you know, so this was actually a really good read for me to be reminded of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I like, um, uh, wait, <laughs> Kathy said in here, so she's going to go <laughs> I know. But, I'm um, glad she's coming to Texas from St. George. <laughs> But yeah, that we get credit for trying like every time, like repentance is not fruitless. Like it's going to, um, to help and, uh, transform us little by little. One thing that, that I had kind of a question on, um, with these four mind, knowledge, spirit, and breath, as we transform them, are there different levels to it? Like, is there a telestial law associated with them versus a terrestrial and a celestial? And so as, uh, uh, I think it was you, Alethea, as you were talking there, that, you know, we put a smaller rock in the backpack the next time. You know, it's not the full garbage that, that we did before, but uh, it's just a, a modified version of it until we can uh, live a little bit higher law of it kind of a thing. And that's why it's not an event, like you were saying there, that that it, it's a refinement as we, we keep growing in it. it makes so a repentance is bringing our body in line with our spirit. And we talk about that a little bit later on about our bodies being a gift, but maybe each time we repent, it's a little bit changing our body to be more in line. It's not perfected. It's not all the way there yet, but it's, it's refining. And, and that step, those steps that you just said are a little bit of how it were. I don't know. Maybe that's how it is. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Leslie. Hey, Becky, <laughs> do you want to share what Bryce teaches? You, you're going to have to jog my memory. The, the furniture. Oh yeah. So he, Bryce from, um, talking scriptures, he's an Institute teacher at university of Utah. He says that it's kind of like turning on a light. If you're in a dark room, and you try to clean up, you're going to clean up the best you can. But as you get more light and it turns on just a little bit brighter, all of a sudden you say, oh no, there's cobwebs up in the corner or, oh no, I see some dust here. And then you clean a little bit more until it's all the way 
bright and then everything's been cleaned up. Mm -hmm. I, I liked that. And I've noticed that in my own life as, um, as I'm trying to do better, I'm having little things pop up that I'm going, Oh yeah. I didn't think about that before. So. Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes all we're expected on whatever level we're at is to, to clean up to a certain amount. Right. But with further light and knowledge, we get more expected and more repentance needed to, to clean that stuff up. I love that. Um, <laughs> it's just like such a, uh, a fun uh, study on verses like 17 through 20 ish. Um, but I mean, he's, he's really kind of taken us to task in, in a big way as far as priesthood holders, right? Uh, everyone, but, um, but I, I, I loved, sorry, I, while we're just here about this, um, mm -hmm. but I just thought, um, oh, verse 12, but the top of the next column, brethren, prayerfully seek to understand what stands in the way of your repentance. Mm -hmm. so while we're just finishing up talking about repentance, I really yeah. love that. Because it's not just will tell us what we need to do. Repent, but like identify what stops you from repenting and then change that. You know, yeah. I love it's like well, the repentance isn't just it's like you're in partnership with the Lord, right? He's not just leaving you on your own to repent. But hey, I'll help you. I'll tell you what stands in the way of repenting so you can really repent. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, from, I can't even remember which talk it is, but um, if you don't know how to pray, will you be willing to pray to know how to pray? Kind of a mm -hmm. thing. It's kind of along mm -hmm. that same line here. Um, identify what stops you from even repenting and then get that under control so that you can, can then fully repent and get into that, that process. But yeah, then he, then he goes into like the whole, uh, Satan understands this. He doesn't have a body. He's always going to, to be having us try to abuse our bodies, um, whether directly or by involving ourselves with Babylon so much that we are um, closing ourselves off from, from inspiration and, and things. Um, how he, like 17 and 18 are just like awesome, especially coming off of the heels of, of Avraham's work and, uh, uh, the idolatry book, right? <laughs> yes. I'm just actually reading about organized sports today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just how uh, the sister and her daughters were just trying to compete with their husbands and sons' undivided attention of their distractions. And um, in verse 18, brethren, your first and foremost duty as a bearer of the priesthood is to love and care for your wife. Become one with her. Be your partner. Make it easier, uh, easy for her to want to be yours. No other interest in life should take priority over this. Anyway, and just all the admonitions and, and things that are in here. Um, but and then he brings it right back. If you need to repent, do it. Let's get it done. Um, Verse 20, brethren, we all need to repent. We need to get up off the couch, put down the remote, wake up from our spiritual slumber. And um, I, I love this next part because how often is he referencing time, right? Like sometimes things are in the future. Sometimes things are in the past. But here, this is, this is right now. 
This isn't like a prophecies for some future day. He doesn't say in a future day, we'll need to put down our remotes and, and get up off the couch. It is time to put on the full armor of God so that we can engage in the most important work on earth. It is time to thrust in our sickles and reap with all of our might, mind and strength. The forces of evil have never raged more forcefully than they do today. As servants of the Lord, and every time that he says servants, my, my brain goes to, to Avraham and Isaiah, right? And the son servant level. As servants of the Lord, we cannot be asleep while the battle rages. Your family needs your leadership and love. Your quorum, those in your ward, everyone. This is a crucial time, and we have got to start repenting. <laughs> this is like the biggest call to repentance. I I love how bold he is in his approach, but you know, like we we've talked about earlier too. Like he just follows it up with so much love, and um, there's a high degree of love and a high degree of expectation, and we've got to to measure up to both of them. When you read the forces of evil have never raged more forcefully than they do today, coming off the hills of talking about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, it's like, oh, wow, that kind of is pretty powerful, right? Oh, exactly. And we know that uh, things are, are getting pretty bad, but they're going to get even worse. And uh, we can't be dilly-dallying we we have to get on the ball here you know women as, as well as men uh, i thought as i read this i thought he needs to give this talk again next conference for all of us right i'm like we need to hear this again which is fun with him announcing the the women's session this next time or whatever you know where we were supposed to kind of take a break from those things. anyway coming back it's like i'm excited to, to listen to the women's session again so I look at verse 22. We came off of that one verse with the five choose. Choose to choose to choose. And now in verse 22, you were chosen by our father. Yeah, I love that. I, yeah, I do too. And then, yeah, Cindy, what were you saying? I couldn't find where to raise my hand. I can't find that. <laughs> I'll just kind of. You're so quiet. <laughs> Yeah, the past few weeks, like your microphone's very uh, quiet. We, we couldn't oh. hear you. It's down there in re. Is that better? Where it says reactions. A little bit. Let me see. And it'll drop down and show you the. Phrase. Is that better? No, it's weird. It's really quiet. Huh. Because I turned my volume up. Mm -hmm. We hear you as long as no one else is talking. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I don't know how to fix that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, there was a couple of things about what you had already shared. The one was just kind of funny. It just made me, made me chuckle a little. In 20, where he says, brethren, we all need to repent. Um, we need to get up off the couch and put down the remote and wake up from our spiritual slumber. And then he talks about um, that we cannot be asleep while the battle rages. It just made me chat, uh, chuckle a little bit because I, when when the pandemic first started, you know, ramping up and stuff, and people used to say on social media, people need to wake up, you know, you just need to wake up. I may, I know that triggered so many people. And, and I remember people getting so upset about 
other people saying, you need to wake up, you need to wake up. And one of my sister-in-laws even posted on social media, she's like, if one more person says, <laughs> we need to wake up, you know, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. <laughs> So anyway, it just kind of made me chuckle that the prophet was telling everyone to wake up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, even before all that happened, wake up. And then in verse, um, in, you kind of mentioned this, but in verse 14, where it says, many, if not most of the temptations he puts in our path, cause us to abuse our bodies or the bodies of others, because Satan is miserable without a body. He wants us to be miserable because of ours. And I don't know if it was a while ago that I shared that quote from Melvin J. Ballard. It just reminded me of that. And I don't know if everyone has heard that, but I just love that quote. So I'll share it anytime I get a chance if you want to hear it again. <laughs> okay, this is from a talk that was given um, by Melvin J. Ballard, and I can't even remember, like 1928 or something like that. Um, I should like to say to you, my brethren and sisters, that all the assaults that the enemy of our souls will make to capture us will be through the flesh because it is made up of the unredeemed earth and he has power over the elements of the earth. The approach he makes to us will be through the lusts, the appetites and ambitions of the flesh. So through our bodies, right? All the help that comes to us from the Lord to aid us in this struggle will come to us through the spirit that dwells within this mortal body. So these two mighty forces are operating upon us through these two channels. And I love that, you know, just when you think about that, that Satan tempts us and, and everything through our bodies, but Heavenly Father gives us all the help that we need through our spirits. So we need to really be connected to our spirits. And that's where we get, we're going to receive the help from our Heavenly Father. So anyway, I just, I love to share that quote because it just, I love it. So. I remember when you shared it before or whatever, but I had kind of forgotten it and like it fits so perfectly in right here. Yes. I love it. Yeah, it does. She could put that in the chat. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's Melvin J. Ballard. I'll I'll write the name of the talk. Yeah. Yeah, what's the name? It's um the struggle, let's see, struggle for the soul. Yeah, the struggle for the soul by Melvin J. Ballard. So I'll just write that. I'll put that in. Awesome. And then L um, posted in here that that one that Alethea was talking about, um, the repent, or sorry, Leslie, uh, repentance and conversion. A repentant soul is a converted soul, and a converted soul is a repentant soul. I, I love that uh, that comparison there. The, the footnotes in this talk were really good. Um, not that they're not always good, <laughs> but like, um, they're just really powerful um, footnotes here. The description of the toxicity references there Sounds like <laughs> um let's see sorry i kind of bounced around to this talk now i can't find where i'm at <laughs> Um, I really liked in, in 15 here, uh, continuing along that, that body uh, as a temple, uh, your care of that temple is important. Now I ask you, brethren, 
Are you more interested in dressing and grooming your body to appeal to the world than to please God? And then this is the, the interesting part right here. Your answer to this question sends a direct message to him about your feelings regarding his transcendent gift to you. In this reverence for our bodies, brethren, I think we can do better and be better. I mean, that's, that's a pretty... That's a pretty powerful <laughs> admonition there. I have uh, a son who grows hair out long and a beard and I mean, he's active and everything. And I just, I looked at him one day and I said, why would you dress like the rest of the world mm -hmm. instead of dressing like the son of God that you are? It didn't make a change. <laughs> <laughs> he did actually um just two weeks ago this was like several years ago i said that to him um i guess about three and a half years ago but um two weeks ago he did cut his hair <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah it's the same why would you dress like the world mm -hmm. exactly that direct message to him about your feelings regarding his transcendent gift to you and um you know President Nelson says that all the time, like, what kind of sign are we offering here? Uh, you know, about the Sabbath day observance versus our appearance, etc. But like, what kind of sign do we want to show the Lord? What kind of direct messages are we um, sending him about our gifts that he's giving us here um, in, in a plethora of different ways? But like here, specifically with our bodies, it's just very interesting. Uh, the gift of time, the gift of appearance. Um, as we are engaged in, in the work. It's just another testament to me about that, um, you know, Satan working through our bodies. And that's, you know, when, when that's what's important to us, that's what, you know, if the world and, and how we uh, dress and groom our bodies is, more worldly then that's going to be what's important to us so mm -hmm. yeah exactly it goes along with that quote too i think and i think like deep down we know but sometimes we just like forget or it's been too long since we've repented last and sometimes we might be kind of mired down in, in the routine of what we're doing but like <laughs> what do you expect when when christ comes to you what what do you think his appearance is going to be how is he going to act and and what's his demeanor going to be or um you know a step down the ladder like when ministering angels or seraphim are, are coming to you are they going to be all hippied out with <laughs> like casual about their appearance or are they going to be neat and comely and like not detracting from the message that they're bringing and likewise here we like this whole talk is is about how we can gather Israel and that our demeanor and our dress and everything uh, help determine that, our effectiveness and our um, our mission in it kind of thing. And, and I don't know, it just kind of hit in a new different light to me this time than it has in the past, um, how, how crucial those things are to, to represent the Lord in, in a good way, right? I mean, we, we tell our missionaries the certain codes of conduct and, and dress and everything. And yet when, when we don't have a name tag, all bets are off. We can do whatever we want. 
but we can definitely do better and be better. And I love how he ends here in, in 25. Um, actually, all of these blessings are, are very crucial. I bless you to become those men. That's powerful, just right there. I mean, we could just end the talk <laughs> with that. But I bless you with the courage to repent daily and learn how to exercise full priesthood power. I bless you to communicate the love of the Savior to your wife and children and to all who know you. I bless you to do better and be better. And I bless you that as you make these efforts, you will experience miracles in your life. Again, that's probably one of the most powerful promises too. Like, do we live in an era where we need miracles? Yes. So here's how to get them. And we have a apostolic or prophetic uh, blessing pronounced upon us that as we do this and, and repent regularly, we will experience the miracles in our life. You know what? There's five blessings there too. Yeah. So as we compare the times he says, bless to verse eight, where there's five different choosings and uh-huh. five different blessings. I love them. Never also, I like the, in verse 23, gratefully, the priesthood we hold is far stronger than the wiles of the adversary. And then a plea. I love that. Oh, sorry. I got to look up more. <laughs> Leslie's raising her hand. <laughs> my, my nose is always in the book. No, I just wanted to um, share something that came from that talk before we close. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to do it now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the section, the last section is, and it's not, um, it's, sort of off topic, but it's not off topic um, because of the things we've been talking about. And I don't, I think it's this class too, but I'm not certain. Um, Okay, this section is repentance for those who are dead. And, He says, each living person can repent, but what about those who have died? They also have an opportunity to repent, and we all know that. And it says, after they have paid the penalty for their transgressions and are washed clean, they shall receive a reward according to their works. Um, So I thought about when um, President Nelson keeps asking us to... um, um, do the work on both sides of the veil to um, to save. And here he says, um, the President Joseph Smith further revealed that the earth will be smitten with a curse unless there is a welding link of some kind or another. And that really jumped out at me, some kind or another between the fathers and the children. And um, a welding link, I thought that was... Um, so significant. And then the next um, paragraph, he said, um, he also wants us to be as bonding blacksmiths, creating celestial welding links to curb the curse of family fragmentation. And isn't that what we're trying to do? Yeah. Um, 
to curb the curse and and Christ will help us to be able to do that. So no wonder he wants us to be repent so we will have the power to perform this work um, for our loved ones on this side and our loved ones on, on that side. Yeah, I love that. And that's from the repentance and conversion talk or? Yes, it's the, almost at the very end, just to like um, the last several paragraphs, the last section. I love that. Um, to curb the curse of family fragmentation. Uh, that phrase just like really stuck out to me a lot um, with what I'm trying to do now with generations and everything. Let me, there's a footnote, uh, 49, and it says C, D, and C. You can go and look that up. D and C, it gives like four different scriptures on that too. So, yeah, that was just as, as powerful for me as anything that I studied for, for this class. Thank you. It's been so fun to like go back and, and read all of his talks from, from the past years and stuff. Not only since he's been the prophet, but like he has some powerful um, concepts and themes and, and things that he, he revisits a lot. Um, it's definitely worth our, our time to go back and, and read his words there. But yeah, anything else from, from this talk or anything in this uh, session, I guess, or this conference from the April 2019? It's been such a, a fun uh night to, to really hone in on, on all of these different connections and themes here. Um, just in the end of verse 23, um, he talks about make your focus on daily repentance so integral that you're to your life that you can exercise the priesthood with greater power than ever before. This is the only way you will keep yourself and your family spiritually safe in the challenging days ahead. Yes. I love it. And again, that's like one of those prophecies, right? Like I'm, I'm really big about going through this time and, and circling everything that's in the past, everything that's in the present and everything that's in the future. Yeah. This definitely one. Definitely prophetic. Yeah, definitely prophetic. And, and very uh, powerfully put too, this is the only way you will. Like, okay. Anytime like that there's something so specific and that comes right after up above in 23, I plead with you. Yeah. There's lots of pleadings and urgings, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. To be the men and the young men the Lord needs you to be. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, it just kind of, takes me back to his very first talk as, as a prophet. Um, I forget what it's even called, but anyway, where he like call ministering with the power and authority of God, um, where at the end of it, he asks all of the, the different offices to, to arise, right. Um, with deacons on up to, to apostles there and rise up all men of God. And then, uh, two sessions later. So one calendar year later, he's like, we can do better. <laughs> like I called you to the ranks before. Now I need you to do a little bit better. <laughs> not a little connection bit. on that yeah you're right and in fact i as i was reading this i was like is this the one where he had them arise 
Mm-hmm. but it wasn't and I was like it must have been the it was it was his first conference talk right to the mm-hmm. priesthood yeah the very but, first one out the gate calls yep. arise. and then uh, it just kind of it's like a kind of a, a punch to the stomach a little bit of like and then we come back a year later and it's like we can do better guys <laughs> we we have to gather Israel and personal purity is at the heart of that we need to do better and uh, be better and do better yeah, Leslie. Okay, I'm sorry. One more thing. It's um, so about the um, bonding blacksmiths. So then, then last, that's like the next to the last paragraph. And then um, the last paragraph is in bearing his testimony. And he said, so he starts out the talk about a woman that comes to him and whoever he was with and asking if there's any hope for her. And she tells some of her tragic life and he says for all our kindred dead to the 28 year old woman um, mired in the swamp of sin and to each one of us I declare that the sweet blessings of repentance is possible it comes through complete conversion to the Lord and his holy work and he he keeps talking about this that that there is a um, a point where we know that it is full and complete and total. And so if he's saying it, it must be true. And so we can know when, when that is and how we go about achieving that. And, and I, I know to be true, even though I, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm not going to stop until, until I have. Yeah. That's the right attitude. I love it. <laughs> so good um so uh cindy the ballard talk from 1928 uh, l's asking in the chat so was it over general conference or like where where might you have found that was that containing like an institute manual or something or do you remember how you might have stumbled across them well um elder ballard gave a talk uh, what was it called? Um, overcoming. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember what the name of his talk was. It was a few years ago. Oh, from 2019. It, yeah, it was, I found that. Is it because it mentions the one of his father, but I didn't click on it. But it's in that talk. So yeah, you didn't find the original then. He, I I actually had to give a Relief Society lesson on Elder Ballard's talk. And he references uh-huh. this talk by his great grandfather. Grandfather, uh huh. And so I went and read that talk, and that's how I stumbled across the that. Oh, okay, it's just included it's in that really, talk. It's a really, really good talk. It's it's very long. Um, it's like fourteen pages. I printed it out. It's like fourteen pages long, but but it is really good. It's a great talk. So so the one from two thousand nineteen, or you found the original one of his grandfather's? The I just found the original one from his grandfather's. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, you can just find that on on uh, lds.org, or I think it's even on might be on Gospel Library. I think I had it saved on Gospel Library. Let me check. I have yeah, Cameron put in the chat new era. That's what I was finding online. And I didn't know if that was the whole talker. So the link that I just sent, um, it was published in 1984. Yeah. But 
It says in the byline there that it was delivered in the Salt Lake Tabernacle May 5th, 1928. Right. Oh, okay. Um, it, it's the actual talk, but they're just like kind of reprinting it kind of thing. Oh, okay. They reprinted it. I searched okay. for the phrase that uh, was there. It says, I should like to say to you or whatever and and it has that exact phrase so yeah it, it seems to be the full talk there okay i'll have to look yeah. for it because my browser's just being a pain right now it won't open things so <laughs> yeah. i saw it but it just won't open it so okay thanks yeah you can find it on gospel library that's where i have it saved so you should be thank able you to i'll look there yeah is my volume any better i kind of messed with it a little uh no it, yeah. it it's low still but i have mine turned all the way up so i can hear you <laughs> sorry i don't know what else to do yeah, you're good um let's see but yeah any other insights or, or things that uh came out of this session of conference uh, there were so many good things that we've talked about in, in groups A and B on the other two um, with Come Follow Me and uh, the closing remarks and, and everything as well. <laughs> I was really wondering with group B if we'd be able to, to spend a whole hour talking about the closing remarks, but oh boy, did we. <laughs> it was a fun one. Yeah, if not, let me pull up the talk for next week. Did we start earlier than? Uh huh. Yeah. So last week we we voted to to move it up a half hour, so we start at eight thirty. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't know, <laughs> or I maybe I didn't hear that part. Uh, sorry if i'll i'll send out an email and stuff because i sent out the text reminders but you know not everyone's on those um but yes i did not do the email like i was was hoping to okay i'll do 8 30 next week then. so that's just wednesday that's moving to 8 30. uh-huh yeah okay from now on yeah from now on and unless it, it really starts not working for us kind of a thing but um there was a few in in the group that uh, pitched that last time and and asked if we could uh, move it up to 8 30 and and so okay wasn't any opposition so we did <laughs> so no, yeah. 8 30 is actually better for me because i have to get up super early so that's great all right yeah <laughs> All right, so next week we are going to be in October 2019, and Group C is going to be doing the closing remarks. Um, you know, if the closing remarks are, are really short, I haven't actually looked at the, the length of it, but, um, you know, we can talk about other ones as well. But uh, knowing this group, how chatty we are, I'm sure we'll be able to <laughs> spend a whole hour on, on uh, that closing remarks as well. Oh, I should have been kept it, uh, keeping up with the chat. So the footnote, is that an I or an L? Sorry, it's an L. I was printing off that talk and so I'm like, I can't say it out loud because it was too loud. But yeah, it's an L. Uh, the words the Lord is inspired in the revelations and present day teachings, higher, holier, accelerate, increase, strengthen, 
greater, transform, remodel, improve, enhance, change, deepen, stretch, are words of spiritual growth. And I'm thinking about as we're trying to repent, all these things just totally apply. Yeah, I loved that. That was one that I had uh, done kind of like a word study on this last week and stuff. Um, but uh, coming right off the heels of identify what stops you from repenting and then change, do better. And then all of those different things there uh, listed in, in footnote L were just awesome. I loved it. And then it references the Becoming Exemplary Latter-day Saints um, from the, the previous conference, but um, that's a, a whole nother way to look at it and everything too. Um, but I love that, that list there. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of checklists, but I loved this list and analyzing all of the different things in it. All right, well, if there's nothing else, we'll go ahead and close for the night and um, we'll see, yeah, next week, some of you <laughs> sooner than others with uh, Isaiah Decoded on Saturday, but uh, it's been fun. I love every minute of it. <laughs> All right, we'll see everyone later. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.